Hello, good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Whatever time it is you're listening, you're listening to the Jan Arden Podcast. I'm here with Sarah Burke, Adam Karsh. They are both coming to us live and in person from their studios in their respective homes. I am in Rocky View County, Springbank, Alberta. How are you, Sarah? How are you, Adam? How are you guys doing? Fresh from the gym, just having a smoothie. Adam, mm. vac- vacation, was it good? It was very relaxing. Thank you. It's nice to be back, and I missed you guys, and uh, I'm happy to be at it again with both of you. And here we are. It feels like whenever we do this podcast, that we just did it, like the day before. It, it, it always comes up on me so quickly, which always reminds me, A, of the passage of time, how quickly the weeks go by. I don't know if it's a COVID thing. Um, when we all really started counting days, when hump day really meant something, when you felt like, is it already Wednesday? Oh my God, it's Friday. It's the weekend. It's Monday again. And I still feel like that. I feel like time has absolutely changed in how I think about it uh, from before the pandemic. I feel like I had lazy, hazy days and that sometimes weeks even felt long. That it's like, oh my gosh, is it, is it only Tuesday? Uh, and now it just, it really, it, it's a much, I think we process time in a much different way, Sarah. Oh yeah. Time has been flying. Like you blink and it's like, oh, it's the weekend. I don't have a, a radio show tonight. Okay. <laughs> How do you like doing late night radio? And where, where would people listen to you? Uh, somebody was asking me that yesterday. Where do I listen to Sarah Burke? I know she does a radio show somewhere and I, I didn't know what to say. Oh, I, I work at Indie 88, so it's a, a smaller radio station in Toronto. We play like alternative indie music. Now, do you know Josie? Is that Josie? Oh, yeah. Yeah, Josie Dye. Yeah, she's on her morning show. Josie Dye. She's a friend of uh, Cynthia Lois, who's been a guest on our yes. show. Yes. Yes. Those two are like two peas in a pod. Now, do you do you have uh, a worldwide web part of that equation? Like, can people go online and listen to Indie 88? Oh, yeah. Just search Indie 88. Totally. Do you help uh, star-crossed lovers on your show? Like, do you take calls? Do you just spin <laughs> music? Do you have people that are calling in at midnight? I always loved late-night talk show DJs. Hi, it's Mitzi. <laughs> Mitzi hasn't called me lately, but... <laughs> yeah. And um, I'm still having trouble with Garth. <laughs> I, I, I used to love listening to those shows. Um, I don't... I, do they still have them? where people call in or they're fielding questions or they're solving problems. I used to love those shows. They were like on from like 10 till midnight. Yeah, they're, they're fun. But um, I think there's very few left. This is a question. Is Howard Stern still going? Because I don't even know. Yes, Howard Stern is still going on Sirius XM. Is he? Yeah. There's an interesting article that, that came out this week about how he was having some like changes and troubles during the pandemic and being at home the whole time. So everyone goes through that stuff that you were just talking about. What kind of troubles was Howard Stern having? Well, to be honest, I didn't click the link, but I bookmarked it. <laughs> should, I, should I open it? Well, no, I'm, just, I'm wondering <laughs> if it's just that he doesn't go out as much as he used to. Some people who were super, super social... During the pandemic, like people who literally had engagements five nights a week and maybe took a one night off, really got afraid of going anywhere. Like there's still a lot of fear. I think fear is a gift. Just putting that out there. I, my fear, call me a wuss, call me whatever you want, has kept me from doing things I 
probably wouldn't do otherwise if I was like completely fearless. And there's some things I'm fearless about. Don't get me wrong. I'm fairly, I'm fearless in my work. I don't mind failing. We've talked about that ad nauseum on the show. But as far as my health concerns, like I'm not going to skydive anytime soon. Oh, no. Nope. I'm not going to hang glide. And I love the idea that some people really are thrill seekers. You know, we're all different from each other. I could never do it. I could never do stuff like that. But I, I think with within the sort of the, the geography of COVID, it kept me from doing a lot of things, like going to a lot of gatherings. And maybe I missed out, but, you know, I just feel like mm, I got to do what's right in my heart and mind right now. But yeah, Howard Stern, what the hell is his deal? Well, you know what I mean? We'll, we'll have to discuss it, I think, next time. But what I will say is on, uh, on you know, four or five nights a week, I was out at shows before the pandemic. Yeah. And I really was out a little too much in terms of like my health. You cannot keep up as a human if you do that five nights in a row. It's just not realistic. Okay. Right? But did you feel that you needed to do that for your work to stay on top of things? And and by shows, do you mean live music engagements yes. in clubs? So did that involve yeah. having a couple of drinks? Did it involve having some crappy yes. food, fries and gravy or a taco or something that you probably shouldn't be eating at 1030 at night? All of the above. And okay. like if you're invited if you're invited to a showcase, there's a record rep buying you drinks, right? Like I had trouble saying no to drinks because I just want to be part of it, part of <laughs> the it new all. New book by Sarah Burke. <laughs> I had trouble saying no to drinks. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's for real. It's for real. And and now I feel like it's like a lot easier to wake up and go to the gym and fit everything in, you know? Peer pressure is a real thing. Peer mm-hmm. pressure is a real thing. And I'll tell you what, when you are doing those four or five nights out, even three nights seems excessive to me when I think about it. I do one night a week and I'm recovering for like three weeks and I don't even drink. But what I was going to say about the drinking thing is that, you know, you do two, three drinks each of those nights and it really adds up. You know, at the end of the week, you're thinking to yourself, I had 15 drinks this week. I wasn't drunk. I wasn't reeling around. I had them over like a four hour period, but still 15 drinks. And a lot of people get so used to that being the norm. Alcohol is so sneaky. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And like, you don't even realize too, like how it affects everything, like recovery. Like if you work out hard, your muscles need certain things to recover and like all sorts, all sorts of things. By the way, upon a quick Google, germaphobe Howard Stern goes germaphobe. out for dinner for, for first time. And it, there's the word emerging from his bunker in the in description. So there you go. So a, a germaphobe would, would definitely be an issue in this climate. And I, I'm sure that oh, yeah. really affected a lot of people. I think the mm-hmm. agoraphobics were cheering secretly in their hearts. They're like, everybody's in the house now. <laughs> yeah. Everybody's in the house now. But yeah, it's it's going to be a long unraveling just to see what the short-term and long-term ramifications are of a global pandemic because I'm quite a bit older than both of you. I've never experienced no. that in my 60 years. And... Most of us haven't. And it's funny, you think about kids in school that, you know, missed out on their graduations and had to kind of rethink sports and dating and all those things. Is it going to be the norm for them? Like, are they literally, are these 12, 15, 16, 17 year olds going to be going, oh yeah, we do this every six years. This is what you have to do. Will it, will it be, is this going to be the norm? Let me ask you that. 
Mm. Yeah, because a lot of things changed, like even like the working from home thing, right? Like hybrid work environments, that's not going away. That will, no. That will be the new norm for sure. That should have been in place, I think, a long time ago. And people yeah. are, are, are much more effective in their jobs. Like, yeah, and Adam's pointing at himself. People are getting stuff done in a really unprecedented way. Uh, but I know a lot of people just playing the devil's advocate here that really miss the work environment. And need the group team mm-hmm. sort of environment. Yeah, I see both sides of it. I think, uh, you know, if I was still working at my nine to five job, I would have liked a hybrid, like a mix of both. But what I will say is driving four and a half kilometers to my job, it takes me 10 minutes if it's 11 p.m. at night. It takes me 40 if it's when I need to be at work, right? So things like that, like the time you get back for work, you're using it towards your work day. That can be great. I live in the burbs. So my commute when I was working downtown with full-blown Toronto rush hour, almost 90 minutes. That's insane. Twice a day. But having said that, people will say this once again. I'll just swing my leg over the other side of the fence. It's your choice to live where you live. That's true. Absolutely. So, you know, if, if you have a job downtown and a lot of young people would think, I'm going to live closer to my job. I don't want to commute 90 minutes. So it's funny when we make these choices and then kind of lament them afterwards, it clearly is a choice. Like I live in the country and I'm 45 minutes away from anything. Is that from Calgary, about yeah, 45? I, yeah, I mean, and to get downtown, it's definitely 45 minutes. And traffic, there is no break in traffic in Calgary anymore, very similar to Toronto. It's not like, oh, if I get out of work early at 3, I'll miss traffic. That doesn't exist here anymore. And I think that can be said for a lot of big cities. Calgary's, I think, 1.3 million now. It's a very big city, and it's very spread out. Just in the last decade have we had people living downtown. But Mm, those people living downtown are like, I'm not doing that drive anymore. I'm going to live downtown. And um, younger people seem to be a lot more easy breezy about living in a downtown core. They can walk everywhere. They can get rid of their car. You're seeing that more and more now. It's like, I didn't want to drive a car anymore. I didn't want to be saddled with insurance, uh, all the crap that goes with it, gasoline, maintenance, parking. I would imagine Adam and Sarah even parking at your jobs can suddenly turn into $400 a month. Oh yeah, it was 12 bucks a day at the very least. That's that's low in Toronto. That's if I got a good spot, yeah. Well, I was taking the GO train in and that's seven bucks each way. So just in train rides, it's $15 a day. Well, that's not too mm-hmm. bad when you're thinking of taking a pretty substantial train ride. That's, that's pretty affordable. Yeah, mm-hmm. cheaper than parking. Oh, for sure. And you can do work on the train, right? Which is kind of nice. I, I think if I was commuting further, I'd like to be able to get something done on the way to work, I would like that. <laughs> Can you hear my dog? Yeah. What is he doing? What is Poppy doing? He's desperate to get my attention. It's it's kind of breaking my heart right now, to be honest. Okay, oh. so, uh, but what's a, you have children, Sarah. I know you don't. Heartbreaking. Like, I know your little girl has come in your door a couple of times over the years, or one of yes. your little girls, Adam. And yes. my, my, my heart just like grows exponentially because I'm like, no, no, don't shoosh her away, Adam. Let's say hi. Oh. I, don't, I don't care if she's on the podcast. Let's say Thank hi you. to her. But just hearing him behind me, I, it's like really bad ASMR. 
It's just moving. It's panning from left to right. So I apologize to our listeners. He's po- Poppy's a part of the show. They they hear him. So with his legs, he's pulling a big lamb that he humps on occasion as well. The lamb has no eyeballs and no nose. Not the kind of lover that you want, but this is how <laughs> Poppy rolls. And in his mouth is a big slipper, an old slipper. And so he clearly has fetishes going on, <laughs> but he keeps going behind me, trying, trying to get my attention. Oh my word. Anyway. This is the panning left and right. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, I don't, I don't, do you guys listen to ASMR? I know I'm all over the place right now, but these are, these are no. how conversations roll. I, I'm not either, but I was looking as you do, I went into a wormhole on YouTube a, like a week ago, and I was looking for Olivia, a, a specific Olivia Newton-John video that I wanted to with Cliff Richard. It was one from like 1977. I was determined to find it. And somehow it shows you all these other windows. And I ended up in these ASMR things. Maybe it had something to do with Olivia Newton-John, maybe her voice or something. And then I was into people... Uh, touching styrofoam and uh, doing just out of control. And but some <laughs> of these people had twenty five million views. Whoa! My brain cannot even handle that. Is that not a lot on YouTube? Twenty five million. That's, I think that's that's a lot. that's super yeah. viral. I think insensitive over thirty, you know, twenty eight <laughs> years has like. 2 million views. Come on, you guys. Would it kill you to watch Insensitive over and over and over again to get those numbers up? Let's get those views up. <laughs> but yeah, 25 million views to hear Styrofoam. And then I was thinking to myself, I'm in the wrong. Are we doing the wrong thing with the podcast? Should we just be, the, should the three of us be sitting here each Hold bringing, on, bring, bringing like a show and tell going, <laughs> like maybe I need to put this lozenge in my mouth. Hang on. I'm going <laughs> to... I'm, I'm opening the lozenge. We got, we got paper clips. Paper clips. <laughs> here's, here's my lozenge. Can you hear the wrapper opening? Oh, Jenny, you've come at the right time. Here's my lozenge. Here's my lozenge. We're just doing ASMR stuff, Jenny. She's like, what have I signed up for? <laughs> We're going to get to you. You just stay right where you are, Missy. I know. Sorry, I was a minute early because I get nervous that things aren't going to work. No, what happened is is a, a car came to the end of my road. I can see out my kitchen window. I'm in the country. Two, I, I'm going to say men, got out of the car and ran into the trees. And so I stopped everything and ran out there, and I didn't see or hear anything. But if I disappear... What? Are you serious? That's bizarre. It's not bizarre out here. I think it, I mean, when you get dropped off uh, in the middle of the country, it's it's not great to do a crime on foot. I'm just saying, if you're running from something, well, I went out there and I didn't see anything. And then I'm like, why am I running through the trees right now? It's just so, Jenny Young, it's just stupid. That's all I can say. Anyway, we're going to get to you. We're going to finish this conversation. Oh God, sorry. Okay. I'm, I'm quiet. No, no, no. Don't, don't even move. You don't, this is... This is our podcast in its real raw form, and we're proud of it. Aren't we, Adam and, and Sarah? Extremely. Yes. We were talking about, I was looking for an Olivia Newton-John video. 
I ended up going down a wormhole. I was asking the guys if they listen to ASMR. Some people lips, they, that's it. They live and breathe it. But these people are making, this woman, woman that I found was touching styrofoam. She had this really extravagant microphone set up. She probably had 10 microphones in front of her. She was moving the styrofoam from piece to piece to piece so that it went through your head. And then, um, there was like ads that were coming up like on the YouTube page. Right. So I'm wondering with 25 million hits, what kind of ad revenue is that? Because we have no ad revenue. Juno and Jenny are here. What what can I even, I just need to, to back up. Don't I, I just need to back up and, and, and speak about these amazing women. And I just did their show. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Jan Arden podcast. My two special, special guests are here. They're my special guests today. Do you see what I did there, Juno? See what I did there, Jenny? Beautiful. Beautiful. Love it. Sure did. Juno, I'm going to go to you. You know, I could sit here and read like the Wikipedia version or the internet version of everything that you guys have done. All I want to say is that a few months ago, I went to a secret location in Ontario. I did an amazing show that is, I'm going to say, an internet talk show, but I, I'm not doing it any justice because it's so freaking funny. And I have laughed so hard at your bloopers that you guys have posted. Juno Rinaldi, Jenny Young, I'm going to throw it over to you. Please talk to me about my special guest. And and then I'm going to talk to you about working moms and, and a bunch of other stuff that you guys have done. But my special guest is what I want to talk about today. And it is a hilarious talk show. Somebody start, somebody go. Okay, so yay. Hi, Jan. Thank you so much for having us on your podcast. It's so exciting. Um, So my special guest. Yeah, so it was sort of born out of this, this need for Jenny and I to do some fun stuff together. We've, we've, we've been, uh, we went to school together, theater school at Studio 58 in Vancouver, and have been friends ever since. And, uh, you know, have a history of doing weird performance art and cabarets and had a band once where we were all we were older women and we sang really inappropriate songs but it was mostly always about trying to make each other laugh and uh, we find the same kinds of things really funny and so when we moved out when I moved out here Jenny had already been out in out east I was still living in the west in Vancouver we just were like okay what do we want to do what do we what can we do together and as artists you really are always sort of thinking about what can we create? What can we make? Because otherwise you are sort of left to your left to the ether of like, somebody give me a job, please. And that can be really challenging. Right. Yeah. it So you really want to be like a, you know, creator of your destiny or whatever. And, and just as an artist, you want to just be creating stuff. So we sat down in a cafe one day and this was, uh, you know, during this sort of, funny little fame thing that had happened um from working moms and be like okay so what if it's like a play up on juno rinaldi was in many seasons of working moms and which is a hit all over the world so yes everywhere she went people are like oh my god you're that woman okay so go exactly exactly so everybody you know and i I love it i think it's really kind that people really attached to the show and to the character of frankie and i feel really um excited about that and it's it's uh my kids are over it but I'm I'm still like enjoying it but so we were like what if we played up in this whole like fame thing of like Juno thinks she's really famous but 
you know, she can't get anybody to come on her talk show except for her best friend. (laughs) And so we just started there and, um, yeah. And that was sort of how my special guest got was born. And then Jenny had a great relationship with, uh, Jana Stackhouse, who was working at Archipelago Productions and Jana and Jenny knew each other through, you know, a friend and, or Jana's uh, partner. And, you know, one of those kinds of things, like I know a person who's producing stuff, so why don't we just try and pitch it to them? But isn't, isn't that how it goes though? Isn't that how the arts goes? You know, we meet so many people and people talk about this ad nauseum and Jenny, you will agree with this, I'm sure is those connections, those connections that you make over the years. And you're like, I'm going to put this in my back pocket because you never know when I'm going to need a lighting director for whatever. And you do, you meet people, you, you collect your people along the way. Yeah. hundred percent. And I think you like the thing about starting with Jana was we, I don't think we even really recognized how good she'd gotten at her craft as a director too. That was the other thing. I just was like, I think this person, I think this, you know, friend of mine, Jana is producing. (laughs) And then it also turns out that she's also an amazing uh, comedy director and director, but, um, her, certainly for us, her skills were pretty, pretty mad when it came to her comedy chops. It was pretty, uh, fortuitous that this, this, this kind of connection that we thought, oh yeah, let's, let's start here ended up being our starting point and our jumping off point. I was going to say, what is the step between sitting in that cafe, having an idea, getting excited about it. And now, as we all know, making any kind of television is a kind of expensive because although people are seeing a set with two chairs and some plants and, and some lighting and a neon sign, there are 25 people standing in front and that's a very small crew, but there, you know, some of them might do it for nothing, but a lot of people, you, you want to pay people for their work. You, it, you do get to a point in your career where you're like, I can't pull any more favors. This is a paid job here. Yeah, I think you kind of get one. You get one where you're like, I'm going to pull out all the stops of like, can everybody do this for free? And I did that with a short film I did and and everybody worked for free. And then I was like, I'm not going to do it again. Like I can't do it again. So yeah. And I think as Nicholas has put it before, who's the, um, who started Archipelago Films and was the director of photography on ours, but he's the producer as well. And um he, the way he has put it is that it started off just as a labor of love. And we just did the first episode, which is the pilot. And they were willing to do that on a real shoestring budget. That was real. That's the the first episode with us with the black curtain behind us and the two red seats and my cat. And (laughs) that was shoestring. Like they'd had rented that equipment for another shoot, a paid shoot for something the day before. And then they just extended the rent one more day and had it, you know, had that, the set and everything out for us, but because it, uh, and then we thought, we'll just use that to pitch to people. And then they went, oh, it went so well. And we released it just as a pilot on YouTube and it got so many, um, hits and people watching it and so much great response. It's really funny. Thank you. Thanks. we had so much fun. Who did you guys look up to as a, you know, late night talk show host? Like who maybe were you channeling? Wow. That's a great question. Um, Probably like I would probably say Zach Galifianakis as like the between two ferns piece. Wow. Yeah. Slash yeah. slash we, we I've had this reference before, Jiminy Glick, who um I, somebody asked us yesterday, they're like, Oh, I really feel like it's a Jiminy Glick kind of thing. So like that kind of ridiculousness, but then we also an absurdity, but we also really wanted 
the, the, the we wanted to hang it in like an Ellen zone, like hang it in a, in a real, like, you know, classy looking set and has Juno think she's got all the numbers and, you know, people are watching and yet it's like a live streamed web series that nobody's watching and only her best friend comes on. You somehow got Jan Arden as a guest though, so. Big coup, really big coup. <laughs> it was such a fun day. It was the best. I mean, I went home and and my head was sore yeah. from just from laughing. laughing. Well, you know, when you work with two, you know, Jenny and Juno, you guys are both such amazing improv, go with the flow, quick. And that's a very exciting place to be in is when you know that two people completely have your back. They're not going to really break. They're going to stay where they are. Like there's going to be a moment where you just fall on your knees and go, Jesus Christ, what are we doing? What, 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 what was that? What is the worst well, bird? Said- what is the worst bird? I'm still. <laughs> oh, just the best, just the best. Jen, we've said it before, like you've set the bar so high for any future guests because <laughs> those takes, how long they were, those like 25 minute long takes that we were doing. Well, you guys wrote the script. I know, but we never stayed on it. <laughs> but, but we did a lot of it. Like my friend Tom, who we watched it when we were together with my friend Tom, who worked with me on the lines because... Jenny and Juno sent me a script, guys, and it was hilariously funny. And I said to Tom, I want to be prepared when I get there. So we read all these lines. So when he saw the episode, he's like, oh, my God, I remember working on this with you. And then, and then of course, it did stray a little bit, but it did start with – but if you haven't seen the episode, my special guest, it'll pop up right away. There's five episodes, and it, there's bloopers, there's – I mean, it looks great. The lighting is great. You guys did such a great job of creating something where people really are going, is this real? Mm-hmm. That's the best part. It's an interesting it's, it's an interesting world to create because you guys are Jenny Young and Juno Rinaldi, but you're not them. And so there is a lot of, I, I think it could really take, people on a real journey of like this magical kind of weird world discovery thing. That was a really good sentence, wasn't it? Magical it was. weird, weird magical. discovery. Yeah. Thank you. We're, we're writing a Beatles album. We're writing a Beatles <laughs> album. Yep. One of the fun things about being best friends and working on some stuff like this is that we were able to point out, we wrote stuff in about each other that is very close to home. Mm-hmm. That, but that we have with the knowledge that I could point this out to Juno and make a joke about a part of her personality, knowing mm. full well where the limits are of how far I can go <laughs> or what I can make fun of her about or what she can Give make fun of me. Give us an example. Yeah. Well, for instance, like the, the line with in Jen, the episode with you, and we say, you know, I just snip up old toilet, <laughs> I just snip up old socks and use them for toilet paper. That's like, Almost a reality. <laughs> kind of tr- true. Slightly true. No, we. I, I'm sure we've all wiped our bums with various things over the world. It, you know, J-cloths don't flush. No. <laughs> <laughs> or my lack of understanding of what my, you know, personal, you know, what I need to wear in an event that's, right. you know, that's there. I, I have Juno to look to to ask for these things. And then Juno, you know, Juno, you go ahead. You give an example. 
I'm just, a, I'm sad. I'm a sad person. <laughs> your friendship is palpable. Your your relationship is a really palpable, fun part of it because there there is kind of the sad edge to it that you guys have been through a lot of stuff that hasn't really worked out. Um, in real life, how do you feel about failure? And what does that mean to you as you kind of go forward in your adult lives? Because you are friends. You've seen each other through a lot of stuff, be it professional or personal, but there's been a lot of disappointments along the way. What is failure to you? And this is, this had to have been a scary undertaking. Yes, Jan. It, yeah, failure. And that's a great, really great question because I'm, I'm like a Band-Aid ripper. So like if something is, if uh, I'm coming up against something that's like bothering me or frustrating me or challenging me, I jump and I leap and I like go full into it. Um, so, but then afterwards is when I have all the, the doubt that comes in and like, oh my God, did I do the right thing? And oh, I, I, this isn't going to work. And what have we done? And I should have just done this and I should have stayed, you know, so I sort of play in both of those worlds. But my husband, Mike said the other day, he's like, what is life if not for like living and trying and going for it and, you know, and just doing it and trying it. And it's, it's true. So I have, I, I'm these two, two places. I live in the place of like, go enjoy it, you know, grab it. You know, I don't care. I'm going to write this email to the head of Fox and say, Hey, you should cast me in my next thing. And then go, why did I write that email to that guy? I don't know. Now I'm blacklisted, you know? So it's, but I think you have to really, I think you have to really just go for it because otherwise we're just gonna, we're all just going to die. <laughs> How's that? I couldn't have said it better. I mean, it, and it is true. You have to be fearless because there's time limitations here. And what do you really have to lose but just the opportunity? You, you have to try. Who cares if you don't get it right? Exactly. And I think that shows other people too. Like if you're in a place of being able to just sort of leap and go for it and try, it shows other people that they can too. And you said something to us, Jan, I don't know if you remember when we were chatting, we were all eating our like salad bowls at lunch one day. And you, <laughs> you just were like, you were really clear at this, a, the stage in the stage in the game for you, that there is an absence of doubt. Yes. And I just, I'll never forget that. And going forward, it's something that always comes into play now. Cause I'm 45 and I've been in this business for, since I was 17. And it's like, I always have this feeling like, oh, maybe I'm in the wrong business or I'm not, I, you know, I, I somehow I just ended up here. Like I should have been a teacher, all that bullshit. I still do that too, Juno. But you also have a feeling, you also have this feeling though, no, I am good at what I do. I, I am putting out good into the world and fuck it. You don't want it. Then bye. Exactly. I think we're, we're all we're very burdened by thinking about what other people think of us. Just in this, this last second is popped into my mind. I was actually listening to your podcast with, Oh, the first lady of uh, Iceland. Iceland. I listened, gave that a listen the other day. Eliza Reed. Yes. And before that you two, uh, Sarah and Jan were talking about um, making changes in your life and shifting and, and, you know, how the pandemic has done that for a lot of people. I'm going to take a job that pays less or whatever. But there's also the other side of that, you know, to do your dream job, which is photography or singing or baking your bread or whatever. But the other side of that is that there's a perception in our business as artists that you are living your best life because you are following your artistic dream. And sometimes it's 
not as <laughs> fulfilling as it as it, you think it can, can be. And a lot of the times that has to do with financially. A lot of the times, all the rest of your life is kind of crumbling around you because you're still pursuing that dream, but you're like, but I still can't do this thing. So the flip side of it is I'm really enjoying this part of my life of also saying some of those like dreams aren't actually making me happy, even though they seem they, uh, the perception of them should be. I'm doing all the things the people are like, that's so cool that you're doing an interview with Jan Arden on a podcast or you and Sarah, you know, like, but the flip side of that is also the choices that we learning that things aren't failures to go. I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to, I'm going to walk away from a TV show. I'm going to uh, buy a shoe shine business. <laughs> I'm going to do things that, that also fulfill another side of me. And that's a real, that's a big thing that I've been going through too, or pursuing this web series that Juno and I have just done in order to really satisfy our artistic side, but we didn't hang our hat on it in a way that was like, we just did it for the pure joy and love of it. We really did. Our expectations were not like, this is going to get big. And our expectations were, let's make something that we are going to love. And in the meantime, we'll do the stuff that we have to do. But these are the things that dreams are made of. I, I, and that, that is so well said. These are the things, exactly what you and Juno have done. It's the fabric and it's the threads. Because for me, growing up in, in an artistic community and, and pursuing the arts, I, I was always very pressured by that big bang, that big break that people always talked about, that big thing that was supposed to happen, the part that was going to change everything. You get this, you do that, that's going to be it. The door is going to be kicked open. And here I am, you know, 40 some odd years later in, in the entertainment business, Juno, you're in 30. It's a series of seemingly insignificant events that make up this ball of light. And when you're willing to do the seemingly insignificant things, you know, it may not be, you know, you're doing the web series or you're writing a blog every night in your diary before you go to bed, or you're working on something, you know, with your partner, or you're helping somebody else fulfill their goals. Like I need someone to come in and do this. Do you mind? I, I think helping each other to make those seemingly insignificant things turn into these really huge, satisfying things. Oh, well, you're not grasping for the huge thing. Yes. You're just finding, you're just grasping for the little thing that makes you happy. You're not going, what's that huge goal? And when something resonates, other people are going to feel it too, right? That's exactly how something becomes bigger than it was intended to be. We're talking with Jenny Young and Juno Rinaldi, and we're going to take just a quick pause here to sell some, hopefully, my doll or Q-tips or Raid, um, some maxi pads, <laughs> And we'll be right back. You're listening to the Jan Arden podcast. Yeah, none of them are really helping us at all. Welcome back to the Jan Arden podcast. I'm sitting here with two very lovely, special, wonderful, talented guests, Juno Rinaldi and Jenny Young. They have a brand new web uh, talk show that's up. You can click on right now and find it, My Special Guest. And if you need to put Jenny Young and Juno Rinaldi to get yourself to these amazing freaking fucking funny episodes. Do it. I had the best time. You, you guys were like, you bought me lunch. We had grain bowls. We had makeup artists. You arrived with a suitcase. You just rolled right in there with your big suitcase. It was such a joy. Yeah. It was awesome. 
Did you give Jan any pointers on like, please wear something like this to set? Jana did, I think. Jana did. I think it was like what you would wear, what you would feel comfortable in an interview setting. I wore a giant sweater. <laughs> Could you wear a giant sweater to try to cover up your body? That's yeah. what we said. Yeah. No, we did And I did. You wore that. But with those amazing leather pants that you've had since like, what, 19 something? Yeah, they might even be plastic and they might have even given me a yeast infection. I don't know. <laughs> they might have, I might have even had sweat rolling down the, my, I call them my, my kneecap armpits, my kneecap pits, where, where moisture <laughs> gathers, the knee pits, where moisture yeah. gathers and you just hope that it doesn't stain the couch that's probably rented for the mm. talk show. That is the thing about shiny pants. Sometimes there are some decisions to make though, right? One thing I can say, as a as a 60-year-old woman now, I had the worst menopausal period disasters. And had I walked into your studio even five years ago and seen those white couches, I would have shit myself because <laughs> <laughs> I had the worst periods in the world. And that would have sent me into panic. I would have said, uh, Juno, can you get me a towel to sit on? Because I don't think my plastic pants will hold back the aging uh, garbage that's going to be coming out of my lower body. Because I didn't have children. Is that part of it? Because I didn't have effing children? Oh, no, no, punished? no, no. It's still, it's still no. a thing. Whether you have children no, or not. We all get punished. Yeah. Every female is punished. My mom and her poor like sweat attacks during menopause. It's a thing. It's a thing. Oh, everything. Just yeah. everything. Well, it's not enjoyable. So no. whatever. Impotence, big deal. Your wiener won't go up. There's nothing coming yeah. out of it that you're going to have to buy a chair in a restaurant. Exactly. Oh my gosh. Yes. It's good. I well can't. noted though, Jen, because we will have to consider that if we have any other sort of perimenopausal women on our show, including ourselves. You and I, Jenny. I think maybe we should figure that out for ourselves. We'll just cover it in plastic or something. Oh. So I got I to gotta ask a question here. Is there, like, I, I, I know that the concept of the show is that, like, oh, you're never going to lock down dream guests, right? Like, you're having yeah. fun with that concept. But aside from Jan Arden, who is on the bucket list? Who is on the dream guest list? Well, my dad just had a great chat with Ryan Reynolds and Victoria. <gasps> what? Yes. Stop it. They did not talk about my special guest. Can't I'm like, it. Oh, come on, Mr. Rinaldi. Mr. Riddell, but that's okay. Anyway. Okay. <laughs> Your dad spoke to Ryan Reynolds. What is going on? Why did he run into Ryan Reynolds? Where? Because Ryan Reynolds is shooting a movie in Victoria right now, and he drove, he pulled up in some crazy Rolls Royce, and my dad was on his bike, and he's like, "I gotta go talk to whoever's driving this cool car." No. So dad went over and just was like talked to Ryan about his car, and then afterwards is when he went, "I think that might be Ryan Reynolds," <laughs> and he went home and googled it, and he's like, "Yeah, yeah, that was it." Ryan was nice to him, wasn't he? Oh, so nice, it's so kind, lovely, normal, wonderful. I love that. To your question, Sarah, like the wealth of Canadian talent is like so huge. And we would love to have that opportunity to do exactly sort of what we did with Jan, which is like have this this sort of a template. Yeah. Like to say, oh, this is my new book or this is my new movie. And Juno and Jenny just screw it up so bad. We never get there. 
Yeah, and yeah. It's all about like, can you know Yannick Bisson do macrame or whatever? You're like, no, I just want, I just want to see if you can handle. Yeah, yeah, I just want to see. Can you do this? We had a whole bunch of ideas for Jan. We were gonna m- make her draw our faces on a sheet cake. Oh yeah, was one of our ideas. <laughs> That was that went way that went really far. That was almost that one went really far. I will come back and do that. But I, I'm a I'm a brow artist. I, I I'm apparently I've I've taken uh, microblading on the internet, and I'm going to come in and do it on them. And it is really funny. Oh my god, hilarious! Um, I also, uh, as is revealed on the back of your jacket in the episode, Jan, I would die to have Buffy Saint Marie. Me too. Uh, would die. Mm-hmm. I love sure. her so much. For sure. <laughs> <laughs> that would, and I think she would be up for it. I've met her a couple of times in passing. I think even saying meeting her is kind of pushing it. But I have stopped in a hallway, like at a Juno's or something, and she's one of those people that cups your hand in her two hands. Mm. Yes, oh, she God. does that. Yes, oh. and she looks you dead in the eye and gives you a compliment. Yeah, and you just, and then you don't you don't know what else you, you just stop talking. You can't really speak after that. I've interviewed her, and I could not believe how much time she gave me. And she did do the little handcuffing thing. That's so funny that you said that. <laughs> you love her even more now. I do. I just love her. All you have to do is hit record, and then she just goes. <laughs> she has so much to say. Oh, for sure. She would be so fun to have on. That's kind of what we were thinking too, is like, this is an opportunity for Canadian stars to like uh, be outside of the the normal kind of talk show environment that they've all done multiple, multiple times. This is sort of a time for them to have some fun, to be honest, like just to do some crazy shit together. And that's, that's what we were sort of hoping for. So is there, you've done these five episodes. I I know that people are going to be dying to see more of them. What what are the conversations? Is there conversations going on about what what's next it, it, with this franchise? And if there's anything that we can do to make sure that that freaking happens, like, do I need to call Buffy Saint Marie and just what what can we do? And your buddy um, Buble, he'd be fun. Yeah, Buble, Buble would be great. He would probably love to do a, a show like that. That's right up his. You wouldn't. You would ask one question, and then you would be like hanging off the rafters going, what is he going to do next? And someone call 911. What about some of the working moms co-stars? Any, have you? Danny. Have you thought about that a little more? Danny. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we had that little clip of Danny where she comes on and, you know, is like, Juno screws it up and misses the date. And so (laughs) I missed having Danny on the show, but absolutely. Like that would be great to have to have our to have the co-stars on that or any any of the the crew that we worked on it'd be fun to have that for sure and in answer to your question jan we are so we are working with archipelago productions obviously with this show so then we're all we're in it's in constant sort of talks and meetings with other next steps with them along as our yeah guiding people because we're not producers no you shouldn't be you can't don't you don't have to wear all those hats for heaven's sakes you can lean on the people that actually know how to fill out the grant stuff and all all those things, but it it is so worth pursuing, and I I hope you know just what a joyful experience it was for me. So any anybody out there, you'll you'll get. I got a Buffy Marie, it's Buffy Saint Marie jacket. I don't know if my name was supposed to be on it, but I didn't discover that till much later. You know, when I got home, I'm thinking the jacket I got does not have my name on it, 
And then I returned that jacket and then I got sent another jacket that said Celine Dion. So I don't know what's going on with this show. There you go. (laughs) (laughs) I have to say, Jen, like you brought us to another next level by being on it too. So thank you so much. Not only for what you brought to it uh, with just your, you, your persona as Jan Arden in this world, but also just what you brought to it comically. Like we could, we really felt like we hit the gold yeah. mine. Like we, we <laughs> could not stop talking Aww. about it afterwards about how much of a gold mine you were in terms of yeah. what you brought to it, um, with your, your comedic, comedic timing. Well, you know, I would do anything for you anytime, anywhere. Uh, all you have to do is send me the actual Buffy St. Marie jacket and I will show up. Before I, before I say goodbye to you guys, this is kind of a rando question and Adam will remember this, uh, you know, back in the day with this podcast, we're, we're finally in season two. Now we did 142 episodes of season one, the season first season was two and a half years or some freaking thing. But now that we are in season two, I think Adam, we need to bring this question back and that is school lunches. I'm going to ask you each individually. I'll start with you, Jenny, um, school lunch. Did you at any point have a lunchbox or what was your go-to, like a favorite school lunch? Can I tell something about a school lunch that's not about my favorite school lunch? That's all the time we have. (laughs) (laughs) I'm stealing my special guest joke. Yeah, Nice. You know, not being far away from the character Jenny Young and my special guest that snips up things for toilet paper to reuse and recycle. So my mother... I come, I'm cut from my mother's cloth in grade one. So my mother was a butcher's assistant for about five years. She took this side job as a butcher's assistant and she was like, we're going to try everything. They tried, you know, how do you cook lamb's brain? How do you let send beef tongue in the sandwiches in on homemade bread? So once in grade one, and I still hear about it from some friends of mine who I've known my whole life. I opened up my lunch kit and I was like, <laughs> I don't know. I, I see this thing in my lunch that I'd had for dinner le- the night before. Think it's normal. I pull it out. It's a pig's foot, just a full, <laughs> like a pig's hoof, like full on hoof and go to bite into it. No, and Jenny. my friend Kelly, who I'm still friends with, she shared the desk next to me was like, no, oh ah! my God. and she stood up and ran and I threw it into my lunch kit and closed it. <laughs> That's Jenny, my mother. I did not know this. This oh. is traumatizing. Yeah, a pig. You had hoof. a pig hoof for grade one yes, lunch. I did. I think in the butchering world that is referred to as a pork knuckle. <laughs> I'm not sure, but that would be traumatizing. I think if I was sitting beside a child that took the leg or the foot of an animal out of their lunch kit, I hope you had a refreshing drink to go with that. I hope you had a thermos full of grape Kool Aid. No, because it was my mother. I probably had a thermos full of home-pressed apple juice. I love that. Which was actually not bad. You were the originator of the the show Chopped. You just opened your lunch kit and had to make (laughs) something out of fresh-pressed apple juice, a ham hock, and a fucking wagon wheel. Yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. But no, it wouldn't have been a wagon wheel. It would have been like a homemade cookie with carob chips in it. Disgusting. Juno Rinaldi, over to you. Uh, well, how can I follow a pig hoof in grade one? We just, we really want to know, like, did you have a thermos? Was, was, was Barbie on it? I would have those plastic, can, plastic, you know, 
old school lunch kits that were plastic that had Care Bears on it. But I came from a a similar like um, upbringing. My mom and dad were both really into like I grew up on Salt Spring Island, which is like a hippie. Wow. I guess that would be like hippie sort of town. So we never really had anything sweet. It was carob chips. Um, and I would always get, a like a peanut butter and honey sandwich, but the peanut butter would have like zero salt in it (laughs) and the honey, the honey would crust in with the peanut butter. So it would just be like this, like cakey candy thing. Like it was like, like honeycomby crusty bread. That's what I'd open up to. But I do remember as the years went on, my friend Krista, I would always like eye up her, like, you know, bologna mustard mayo sandwich and weed trade. What a great trade though. You always, one man's ceiling is another man's floor. So true. Oh, I like so that. true. It, it, it really is. Uh, my final and last question, if you had one book that you could, had to take with you on every train ride you ever took, you have one book, what's it going to be? Can you read that? Yeah. The War of Art. Break through the blocks and win your inner creative battles. Yes. Who wrote that? This, this book is amazing. Stephen Pressfield. It's one of these books, like, like this title resistance can be beaten. And like, it's talking about how as artists we get up every day and are literally fighting like a, a dragon, like a demon that's trying to take us down and how the only way through it is to keep doing the art, keep doing your art. So this is one for me, for sure. Okay. And Jenny? Okay, I'm going to go with this one. Thompson Highway's new book. Um, and, and I'm forgetting the name of it. And it's about his growing up. Thompson Highway's new book. We'll find it. Oh, it's so beautiful. It's, is it? It's the most beautiful See, soul. now I'm going to go get that. I'm going to go get both of these books because that's what I do. Even the, night, the title of the book is beautiful. Do you have it there, sir? Permanent Astonishment Growing Up Cree in the Land of Snow and Sky? Yes. Permanent Astonishment. That right there. Permanent astonishment is how to describe Thompson Highway. Jenny Young, Juno Rinaldi, thank you for being on the Jan Arden podcast. I hope you know how much you are loved and how much your creativity is changing the world, making it better, making people smile, making people laugh. And I love you both dearly. I mean that. I would do anything for you. Let's meet again and um, happy days. The best is yet to come. Just the best. Thank you, Jan. I hope you guys enjoyed the show today as much as we did. Sarah Burke, thank you. Adam Karsh, thank you so much. What a ride. And uh, it, it was it just, they're just such great women. And, and I think there's a lesson in, you know, creativity is, is not that big bang. It's those little moments that we all triumph over. And we're all creative people. Mm-hmm. Um, no matter what we choose in our life, whether you're a home baker or someone who likes, you know, gardening, those are all really, everything that human beings do is pretty much creative. Wouldn't you agree, guys? Yeah, I'm actually going to cancel my therapy this afternoon because whatever we just did made me feel great. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it was a great show. We love having you guys here. Please uh, hit that subscribe button. And um, thanks to Sarah Burke, we've had all these video components on our social media lately, and I'm getting so much great feedback from people going, it's so great to see everyone's faces and to see the guests and, and having the show notes and so thank you, Sarah, for you know doing all that. It's making such a difference to people and hitting that subscribe button so you don't have to search for us week after week. We'll just pop up on your on your on the World Wide Web in your house. <laughs> yeah, go search up the videos and you can watch some of the clips. Exactly. You can watch some of the clips every week. So thank you, Adam. Thank you, Sarah. We'll see you next week. Lots of special guests coming up. 
Uh, Tessa Virtue is going to be with us in the next few weeks. Um, just I, lots of great things happening. Don't go away from us. You can go away now because we're done, but we'll see you next time. Toodly do. This podcast is distributed by the Women in Media Podcast Network. Find out more at womeninmedia.network.